all my creepers and my creepettes. Hey guys. Welcome back. This is an episode that you'll definitely want to <laughs> listen in in its entirety. You'll be sorry. <laughs> I got a shirt that says that and I cannot wait to wear it for Christmas. Doesn't it have Krampus on it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I got it in the mail and Convlin 2 saw it and she goes, is that for me? I was like, what? Why do you think that's for you? And she pointed straight at Krampus and she said, well, because of him. What? No. It checks out. I mean, it does. But also. <laughs> she has such a like fire in her. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Checks out. Yeah. That's legit. <laughs> so, yeah, today we are going to talk about. It's more of a conglomeration of things than any one particular subject, but it's all linked to some of the more Yule-like traditions that are associated with Christmas. I guess the big point of that is, you know, the burning of the Yule log Mm -hmm. and what all that entails. So in pre-Christian times, a lot of the, I believe these are like more Celtic Mm -hmm. cultures, they would burn, they would have all kinds of feasts and stuff during the solstice, the winter solstice. And on the solstice itself, they would have the Yule log and they would burn a big fire, uh, I think all night long. And it is the year's longest, darkest night of the year. And that was, that was the big thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think a lot of cultures believe that they're, that the veil is pretty thin mm-hmm. during that that period also so they would sit around the yule log and they would tell scary stories obviously obviously and there's a physiological element to that when you are artificially afraid you know artificially scared through a a story in it like in a controlled environment Mm -hmm. sometimes it takes the fear out of the unknown around you like reverse psychology kind of like they, they're they scaring each other on purpose because it's the longest night of the year. The veil's supposed to be thin. So, like, it heightens their alertness being scared, but they're doing it in a way where they're, it's controlled. Mm-hmm. So they're not in any actual danger. And it relieves that tension. That makes sense. It's like watching a scary movie before going to a haunted house, though, is how I am imagining it in my head. And I... Like, it's fun while you're watching the movie, but now you're all worked up to go through this haunted house. Well, yes. And I don't think they, like, knowingly were doing this on purpose, knowing the, the effects that it had. Mm-hmm. I think it was, that's more of a coincidence. But also, it was probably more of the the older members of the society who really didn't have anything to fear picking on the, the younger, you know? Ah, that checks out. <laughs> You know, just it's just like telling the campfire, you know, stories around the campfire. Yeah. It's the ones telling it are not scared at all. I see. I understand now. Got it. <laughs> so they're jerk grown ups. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have a few of those stories, don't you? Oh, only a few handful. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be tough. <laughs> so there's been this long tradition of telling ghost stories for now Christmas. That is a Christmas tradition I can get behind. Now, this I I learned 
So as we know, as Christianity became more prevalent, they adopted a lot of these traditions because um, it helps to get people to join your culture if you make it more familiar to them. Mm -hmm. So they would adopt certain traditions into their own ideology. And, you know, that went on for quite a while until a 40-year period in the 1600s where Christmas was actually completely outlawed. Oh, why? Because it it had so many links with Yule and these oh, pre mm-hmm. these pagan you know cultures. So it, it, during the English Civil War, it, the Puritans basically outlawed it, <sighs> including the scary stories and the feasts. There was they ruined it all. They would go. They <laughs> would go. They had police on patrol on Christmas and Chris, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, and if you were feasting, you could face fines or prison time. How dare you do something we know nothing about and we're afraid of it. Uh-huh. Let's hurt people over it. So, yeah. And a lot of the Christmas traditions kind of went away from that. You know, I guess this kind of makes me a little bit of an asshole. But I love it when people poke holes through, like, Christmas traditions. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like... Decorating the Christmas tree, uh-huh. leaving out offerings for a supernatural being. Oh, yeah. I think it's funny whenever people are like, you act like this is one thing, but it still is basically all the same. Yeah. So pretty much all Christmas traditions kind of went away for a little bit um, and they slowly would start to come back. The The telling of the ghost stories like overnight came back in 1843. When Charles Dickens wrote A Christmas Carol. And it was widely popular. And as we all know, it is a it is a Christmas ghost story. Yeah. Huh. Like he made it okay to be able to do that again. Yeah, in a way. And I think people's mindsets had started to change. I mean, you know, obviously they changed a lot from the, you know, the Puritans of like the Salem witch trial era mm-hmm. to the 1800s where... Um, you know, bordellos and stuff are fairly common around mm-hmm. settlements. And so I, I think just the overall morality meter of society had shifted a little bit. Puritans letting the devil in. <laughs> there they go. <laughs> Heathens. <laughs> so in the spirit of telling ghost stories... Um, we've gone and found some ghost stories. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Wait, you don't like my delivery there? You did great, honey. Thanks. <laughs> I really liked this first ghost story that you had found. Mm-hmm. And it's called The Legend of the Mistletoe Bride Haunts England's Bramshill House. Bramshill, Bramshill. Sure. Bromshell. I like Brahms. Yeah. <laughs> they have good ice cream. <laughs> for the legend of the mistletoe bride, it has been retold for centuries past. And it is about Lord Lovell's bride and how he goes how she goes missing on Christmas Eve night. Mm-hmm. I guess there was a game that they would play, basically hide and seek. Okay. But it was the bride was hiding 
and whichever of the groomsmen found her first got to kiss her. Okay. Which first red flag. <laughs> That's a weird game. If yeah. you're getting married the next day. Yeah. <laughs> Homies copping a feel. <laughs> um, but everybody was looking for the bride and nobody could find her. So, of course, naturally, they all started to panic. But she just went missing. She was gone. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until 50 years later that Lord Lovell, he was still searching for his bride's disappearance. And he just happened upon a secret closet in the upstairs room at Brom's Hill House. Okay. Inside that secret closet, he found a big wooden chest and opened it. And she had died inside the chest 50 years prior. So, like, she hid and died in her hiding spot? She probably suffocated. I guess I could see that. That Because that's a real thing, I, which I never thought about. You just play hide and seek, no big deal, until, like, kids start dying. <laughs> because they're hiding in wooden chests that they can't breathe out of, but they don't know it. And they're going to pass out from yeah, lack of oxygen that. first. And you just die. What? Fun, fun fact, mistletoe is actually poisonous. Oh. It's toxic. So the next one I found is the creepy crest of Pankert Castle. Uh, This one dates back to the 17th century. Basically, a homeless man knocked on the castle door and asked for food and shelter. And they said no. They said, you know, sorry about you. And a few days later, the lady of the house and her daughter became mysteriously sick see i feel like i've been in a similar situation more than once where there is somebody that is obviously less fortunate than you may be at the time and it is obvious that they are in need of help of some kind i feel like it's a test Mm -hmm. and you help that person like you don't have to Put yourself in any kind of danger or anything to do that. But you should be nice just in case. (laughs) Yeah. So apparently, you know, whether this person actually cursed them or not is unknown. But he was tried and executed for witchcraft. The homeless man was. Of course he was. And it's said that it is his spirit that haunts the castle. Spitefully? I'm assuming so. Like Full of spite. Uh and then one night on Christmas night in 1923, there were people gathered in the music room and singing and the carved wooden family crest that it like leaned out from the wall and then jerked back. Creepy. Dun, dun, dun. But that was it? Like nothing else happened? Yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> that just happened to have happened on Christmas. Oh, like, whoa, did y'all see that? <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> there has to be that homeless guy <laughs> who was obviously a witch. <laughs> Her sister was a witch, bro. <laughs> there was a ghost that supposedly disrupted a Christmas party at Alcatraz one year. Oh, do tell. <laughs> that was that was basically about it, but if you don't know, Alcatraz is an isolated penetrant pe- 
penetration? Yes. <laughs> Alcatraz is an isolated penitentiary that is located in the middle of San Francisco Bay, but it closed down in 1963. And it was a bad mamma jamma. Did it close because of the haunted Christmas party? No. Oh. That would have been that would have made for a better story. Found their lack of cheer disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> But back in the 1940s, while the facility was still in operation, the warden at the time decided to throw a small Christmas party at his boarding house on the island. During the gathering, there was a few of the guards that had been telling ghost stories mm-hmm. of what they had seen. Um, but there was all of a sudden a phantom figure wearing a gray suit with a brimmed cat and he had mutton chops specifically. Okay, <laughs> But... Everybody just stared at him in shock. They're like, what are you doing here, bro? We're having a Christmas party. Can't be here. (laughs) It's not Halloween. What's up? He's just standing there menacingly. Menacingly. (laughs) And then the room suddenly turned very cold. And the fire that was in the little stove extinguished. That was it. Spooky. Mm Mm-hmm. The Sandringham. Sandringham house? Do they what? What do they do with their ham? What? (laughs) (laughs) So this is a, it was once described as the most comfortable house in England, but every year it's a, it's, it's a Victorian manor. And every year starting Christmas Eve, apparently the property is just like full poltergeist activity and it lasts for a couple weeks before it dies down. And then it will start on Christmas Eve the next year. Oh, both King George the Fifth and King George the Sixth died at this property. Hmm. Do they think it's them? I don't know. Raising um, the roof for Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what's going on. You know what? Speaking of raising the roof, specifically for Jesus. Mm, specifically for Santa. Okay. <laughs> I well, in trying to find creepy christmas stories it's not easy but most of them talk about how various people have tried to bring in the christmas magic for their children yeah and come down the chimney yeah and they die every time i just (laughs) i thought it was common knowledge that chimneys are not very wide well not even that. Just like common sense. What are you going to do? You're going to be at the top of this chimney and then you're just going to fall on your ass at the bottom? How are you going to get down? <laughs> Did you think through this? So people are either getting stuck in the chimney, but they're down far enough, but they can't get back up. Mm-hmm. So they suffocate and die. But there's also been several accounts where they are stuck, but still alive. And nobody knows that they're in there. And somebody lights a fire. But they're stuck, so they burn to death by the time they are able to destroy the chimney to get them out. What are you people doing? (laughs) I also wonder how many people fall off roofs, like, trying to mimic reindeers or, you know, even just putting up Christmas lights. I have a friend that fell off of her roof putting up Christmas lights. She broke her back. (laughs) She's okay now. Mostly. (laughs) Okay, so this one actually involves death. Death. Okay, so we're talking about 50 Berkeley Square. 
Oh. Um, it's um, obviously it's in London. Uh, it was Christmas Eve. Two sailors were on leave. They go into 50 Berkeley Square and got a room for the night. The room in which they had apparently had previously claimed a victim. They were uneasy in the night, couldn't sleep. One of them frantically woke woke up and saw a dark specter looming towards them. Menacingly. Menacingly. One went for a weapon and darted towards him, and the other one tried to escape and find a, a police officer to come help. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was in 1887, so, you know, they're... Would have been just an officer on patrol in the neighborhoods, you know. And they came back and found the other one at the bottom of the stair with a broken neck and, like, eyes wide in terror. Ooh. I mean, I would also be scared if I was falling down the stairs to my death. This all happened on Christmas Eve. So all of these, like, Christmas ghost stories, and they say they always come back on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day... Do you think that it has anything to do with Christmas or just the anniversary of their traumatic event? Who knows? And their energy just spikes in that time. Christmas is a emotionally charged time of year anyway. Ooh, that's a good point. Well, and with being so close to the winter solstice and the veil being believed to be thin during that time of year. Yeah. So the other thing I wanted to mention on top of our ghost stories are some holiday-themed monsters. Yes. I love the monsters. Do you like to mash? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Monster and mash, if you will. So we're going to start at the bottom of the list and work work our way up. Okay. Um, for those of you who are familiar with uh, Flula <laughs> and his little stock, I don't forget which talk show it was on, but it's on one of the like, late night talk shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, he mentions Frau Pechta. Yes. Known around Austria, Germany, and Italy. She appeared as a an old woman. If you were obedient and, you know, did what she, you know, followed her rituals, because this was all pre-Christian, mm-hmm. she would appear, like, divinely beautiful. If you were, if you made her angry, she would appear as a demonic horned monster. And uh, she would let you, l- let you be as long as you followed her rituals on Pechda's night, uh, which... You know, included eating traditional meals and basically a feast. Mm-hmm. Um, if you did not follow tradition, she would sneak in your room, open your stomach, and replace your innards with pebbles and straw. Trash. Trash. And then you're the trash man. <laughs> I sneak into the room and throw trash. <laughs> uh, this next one is from Greece. The <laughs> Kalinkansario. Okay. <laughs> I, that's as close as I can get. It's really long and there's a lot of there's a lot of letters. <laughs> These are little creatures that live underground and they try to saw through the tree of life that ran runs through the earth. Oh. That's scary. Each December when a single thread held the tree together, the twelve days of Christmas would compel them to uh, come above ground and wander the earth. And then by January, the tree would have repaired itself. That's super interesting. I've never heard that before. I haven't. No, that was the first time I've heard that also. What do they look like? 
like little gremlin things yeah they look like a fawn but with more of a goblin like head than a human head sounds cute (laughs) okay (laughs) i want one for the backyard please (laughs) (laughs) to gnaw through our tree of life every year well i just want to pet him (laughs) if i could have an alligator i would okay yeah Uh, add raccoons to the list (laughs) (laughs) that's basically all they are just tree of life raccoons oh my lord it's fine raccoons don't gnaw through the trees no but they gnaw through the trash oh my lord (laughs) Uh, this next one's from bulgaria turkey and serbia and it's called the karakonoklas portrayed as a cross between a devil and a sasquatch oh he would stand on street corners during winter nights and uh, give riddlers to passersby. Kind of like the troll under the bridge and the three billy goats. I'm going to aggravate you for like 30 minutes with this riddle. But if look you, really scary when I do yeah. it. <laughs> and if you could answer the riddle, you got to go on, go about your business. If you not, he would uh, knock you dead with a single wallop. I'd be screwed. Not very good at real, eh? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> this next one is from Norway. It's called the Lussie. The Lussie? Yeah, L-U-S-S-I. Hmm. It was a hideous demon with that rode through the skies on a broomstick, accompanied by demons, evil spirits, and trolls, uh, spreading mayhem and chaos, destroying property, crops, and livestock. And it would basically get anyone that was foolish enough to be out from underneath their covers. That's a real thing. Like, you can't leave your foot hanging no. out from under the covers. or It'll get you. Ooh. I feel like that's a just common sense thing, not a <laughs> Christmas thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, number one is Big Daddy Krampus. Of course. Which I'm not going to get too much into him. If you want some more information on Krampus, you can go back to our, uh, this time last year. We did an episode about Krampus. Everybody loves to talk about Krampus. 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 That's all the Christmas spooky stuff I have. That's it. Go watch some scary Christmas movies. Yeah, we're going to get back to our holiday and our mending of the sick goblins. Mm-hmm. On Christmas. Yeah. So <laughs> um, thank you, everybody, for listening. We appreciate each and every one of you. Check out our link tree. You can get to it through our Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok bios. Um, it'll take you to our other social medias, our download page, and our merch store. Uh, also, we would love to hear your stories. You can send them to our email address at reaperscreepers.spooky22 at gmail.com. So thank you, everybody, for listening again, and we will see you next year. Bye, guys. <laughs>